Welcome to The Average Shepherd. My name is Father Sam French, and today is Sunday in the third week of Lent. And today's homily is called Drop the Bucket. We're reading today from the Gospel of John, chapter 4. Let's begin. Jesus came to the Samaritan town called Sychar, near the land that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Jacob's well is there, and Jesus, tired by the journey, sat straight down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, What? You are a Jew and you ask me, a Samaritan, for a drink? Jews, in fact, do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus replied, If only you knew what God is offering, and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have been the one to ask, and he would have given you living water. You have no bucket, sir, she answered, and the well is deep. How could you get this living water? Are you a greater man than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself with his sons and his cattle? Jesus replied, Whoever drinks this water will get thirsty again. But anyone who drinks the water that I shall give will never be thirsty again. The water that I shall give will turn into a spring inside him, welling up to eternal life. Sir, said the woman, give me some of that water that I may never get thirsty and never have to come here again to draw water. I see that you are a prophet, sir. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, while you say that Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation comes from the Jews. But the hour will come, in fact, is here already, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. That is the kind of worshipper the Father wants. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah, that is, the Christ, is coming. And when he comes, he will tell us everything. I who am speaking to you, said Jesus, I am he. Many Samaritans of the town had believed in him on the strength of the woman's testimony when she said to them, He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came up to him, they begged him to stay with them. He stayed for two days, and when he spoke to them, many more came to believe. And they said to the woman, Now we no longer need to believe because of what you told us. We have heard him ourselves, and we know that he really is the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. It's a popular yet unfortunate belief in the world today, even among some Christians, that church teaching, because it's old, has become outmoded and basically irrelevant to modern society. I've heard some out there argue that the only reason Jesus taught the things that he did was because he was kind of trapped in the cultural mindset of Palestine as it existed 2,000 years ago. Such critics will often follow this up by saying things like, If Jesus lived today, he would embrace the tolerance of Western liberalism. He would ordain women to the priesthood. He would rewrite teaching on human sexuality and dismantle the hierarchical structures of the church. Now, the obvious problem with this fantasy is that it's based on a completely false premise. It's based on the idea that Jesus' teaching was somehow boxed in by the norms of his culture. Now, the reality is Jesus, in his human nature, was a man of perfect virtue. He was a man of perfect prayer and perfect obedience to the will of the Father. He could see clearly what Jewish customs and practices actually were of God and which were man-made. 
And we see this on full display in today's gospel when against every single rule in the book, at least the book of their local customs, and to the astonishment of his disciples, Jesus all of a sudden sparks up a conversation with a foreign Samaritan woman while alone and in public, something which was simply culturally unacceptable, as is evidenced by the woman's own response in the gospel. What? She says, you are a Jew and you ask me, a Samaritan, for a drink. So what is the the behavior of Jesus here telling us? It tells us that Jesus prioritized truth over the man-made customs of his age. The truth of Christ's teaching and example was so radical, it led to his crucifixion. Now, that kind of truth doesn't just go out of date. It's that kind of truth which endures for eternity. So what is the eternal truth that Jesus is trying to teach the woman at the well today? He's teaching her that only God can satisfy. I'll say that again. Only God can satisfy. It's the middle of the day. The sun is burning hot. After all their journeying, no doubt Jesus and the woman are both exhausted and thirsty. And so Jesus uses their current situation and this powerful image of water in the well to illustrate the point that he wants to make. He says, whoever drinks this water will get thirsty again. But anyone who drinks the water that I shall give will never be thirsty again. The water in the well represents the promises of this life that never satisfy. So often people spend years and years chasing dreams of material possessions, greater pleasures, success and achievement, only to find that when they get there, it doesn't bring the satisfaction their heart is yearning for. This isn't just a spiritual reality. Even scientific studies out there show that after a basic threshold of needs are met, Additional material possessions provide no significant increase in reported happiness. There's a great song by Ed Sheeran called First Times, and it begins with the lyrics, I thought it would feel different, playing Wembley, 80,000 people singing with me. It's what I've been chasing, because that is the dream. See, Ed Sheeran directed his whole life towards this goal of performing at Wembley Stadium in London. In his mind, that would be considered the moment of success. But then comes the next line. When it was all over, I cleared out the room, grabbed a couple of beers, just me and you. Then we started talking the way that we do. And then he goes into the bridge. Isn't it funny how the simplest things in life can make a man? Little moments that pass us by. In his experience, a loving human relationship brought more joy, more satisfaction than international fame and over 150 million record sales. Now, this fact about our human nature is difficult for us to recognize because in our sinfulness, we crave and we crave and we crave. Like the water at the well, walking back and forth every day, taking a drink only to find ourselves thirsting again the very next day. Like the woman at the well who had gone through five husbands, we all have a sin we struggle with. And you know what that sin is in your own life. The thing we return to again and again, thinking that it will satisfy us, and yet all we get is emptiness. And that's why Jesus says, if only you knew what God is offering, you would be the one to ask for it. See, that's the problem in our world today. People don't even know what it is that God is offering us. People don't know the transformative power of God's grace in our lives. Remember what Jesus said at the beginning of Mark, repent and believe in the gospel. 
That is how grace works. It begins with a painful recognition of our own weakness and our own sinfulness, just like the woman at the well. But it doesn't leave us in our sinfulness. When the Spirit of the Lord enters into our lives, it reveals to us our infinite dignity of being created in God's image. It calls us out of our sinful lifestyle and into a loving relationship with Christ. When we allow Jesus to enter our lives, we learn to worship, not just by our outward actions of going to Mass and giving to charity and being in prayer groups, but in spirit and in truth. Our whole being is oriented towards God. See, if a genuine human relationship can be more satisfying for Ed Sheeran than an international fame, imagine a loving relationship with God, the creator of the universe. Finally, we see how the woman responds to this message of Jesus. She drops her bucket, the entire reason she's come out in the sun to do this trip, and she runs back to the town where she came from. The symbolism here is that what she once thought could satisfy her desires, namely the water in the well, now pales in comparison to the gift of relationship that she's received from Jesus. Like trash, she casts the bucket aside. She casts aside her old human desires. The text then tells us the woman put down her water jar and hurried back to the town to tell the people, come and see a man who has told me everything I ever did. She went out to tell others about her transformative encounter with Jesus. That is the definition of evangelization, telling others about our encounter with Jesus. Now, we can easily be tempted in the world today to water down the message of the gospel. And instead of speaking about our faith in the person of Jesus, we can find ourselves speaking just about social justice or inclusion or diversity or environmental responsibility. Now, all of these things can be good, but they are no substitute for Christ. No doubt it's easy for us to focus our attention on non-confrontational subjects that won't get us in trouble or won't make us feel awkward. But see, the woman at the well, she cuts through all of that stuff. She declares, he told me everything I ever did. In other words, he exposed to me my own sinfulness. But you'll notice here, she's not speaking about her sinfulness with shame or sadness because Jesus offered her a way out. He offered her a relationship of grace and a pathway to what her heart truly desired, eternal life with God. See, Evangelization requires conversion. If we have not experienced the transformative power of God's love and mercy in our lives, how can we give it to others? Merely engaging in social justice initiatives, promoting equality policies, providing education or participating in charitable organizations will not be enough to bring people into the kingdom of God unless those things are rooted in a transformative encounter with Jesus. The woman at the well today teaches us that personal conversion is not only essential for our own spiritual growth, but also for the effective spread of the eternal truth of the gospel. So we have to ask ourselves the question, how do we do this? How do we do this in our own lives? I've got three solid suggestions, which I think are particularly relevant for us in Lent. Number one, go to confession. Reconciliation is a sacrament of healing. Like the woman who had her past life exposed, confession allows us to lay our sins at the feet of Jesus and experience the healing effects of his mercy. Number two, prioritize prayer. As I've said throughout this homily, faith is about relationship. 
We can only be transformed by God if we grow to know and love him. We can find Jesus in the pages of sacred scripture. We can find Jesus in daily meditation. We can encounter Jesus most fully by receiving his holy body and blood in the Eucharist at Mass. And number three, evangelize. Once we have had this experience, this transformative of the transformative power of God in our own lives, it becomes our mission and our duty to spread that power. Talking about our faith in Jesus can be difficult, and sometimes it can even feel embarrassing, especially with our own family and friends. But perhaps, precisely for that reason, it could be the perfect penance for us to sanctify this Lenten season. Three things. Go to confession, prioritize prayer, and evangelize. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your eternal truth, which does not change with time. We pray for the grace to recognize the false promises of this world and instead to turn to you who alone can satisfy our deepest human longings. Help us to embrace true conversion of heart and like the Samaritan woman, to share your truth and transforming love with those around us. We ask this, Lord, in the holy name of your Son, Jesus, through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help me spread the word in the Average Shepherd podcast, you can do so by throwing it up on social media or sharing with anyone you think might benefit. Thank you, and God bless.